it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On today's episode of the Bolts broadcast, could the Hobie Baker winner be coming to Tampa? Be tuned. Season 3, episode... 53 of the Bolts broadcast, almost said 52 because we didn't update the, get the doc, but uh, season three, episode 53, Mike Mitchelson, Chase Crawshaw coming to you. How you doing, Chase? I'm doing fantastic because for the first time in weeks, Taco had Baja Blast Zero again. Oh, and Baja Blast Zero is my favorite pop. I just dropped my phone in case you heard that, but Baja Blast Zero is my favorite pop. Um, soda is not the word. Pop it's is the pop. word. Yeah, it's pop. Um, and I only drink non-sugary pops now, so... You can't really get Baja Zero anywhere other than Taco Bell, especially mm-hmm. during, you know, the colder months of the year. So I, you know, every once in a while I'll go there just to get one. They've been out the last couple of weeks, one third today, they're finally back. So uh, I'm feeling good. It's a good day. How are you? That's weird. Why were they, was it just that location? No, it was all of them. Oh, that's really weird. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing pretty good though. I'm a little bit disappointed in you and I, because we got B-dubs last night and didn't even check to see if they had that new Mountain Dew yeah. until like three hours after we ate. So uh, okay, three hours in exaggeration. We were in the middle of eating when we realized mm, it was like towards the end. They were still eating. <laughs> I had like maybe one win left. Oh, whatever. Uh, yeah, I, I really want to try that, but I'm doing great today. It is beautiful out here in Michigan hitting 50 degrees. I know tomorrow is supposed to be like 66 degrees. Uh, it's that. supposed to be thunderstorms, Oh, but it's supposed to be warm. So I'm excited for that. And Hey, I was able to, I've been, house sitting and dog sitting for my dad this weekend and uh he left the keys for the corvette and that's been a lot of fun to drive around and i gotta say and it's really cool because i feel very accomplished even though i've done absolutely nothing <laughs> because you know how i mean jeep people have it i don't i don't necessarily know why but whatever you know how when there's people who have super nice cars they always wave to each other because it's mm-hmm. like hey we did this. We we achieved something that not many people can do. Well, I have the Corvette. A couple Corvettes have drove by me. A couple waves. I, I feel accomplished. I've done absolutely nothing. For, for all these but people, I'll take it. For all these people who know, you're a self-made millionaire. Yeah, I know. Exactly. So uh, some people might be thinking, man, he's a little young for a Corvette, isn't he? Uh, Maybe actually that's not the case because at work, you know, what was it, Wednesday or Thursday, someone said that I looked like I was 27 years old. 
Yeah, you're old. I am not very happy about that. <laughs> you're turning 25 this year. You're in your 25th year of life. Whatever. You're close enough to 27. Okay, you're saying 25 this year. That's like still eight months away, not or seven months away. Still in your 25th year. That's, sure. That's what I say to my dad to make him feel older when he's because uh, he's turning 60 this year. So I say mm-hmm. I say he's in his 61st year, and he just gets mad. So funny. that means in just a couple of days, a couple of weeks you'll be in your 25th year. Yeah, I will. Mm, that'll yeah, be fun. That's gnarly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I've, I've been feeling great today. Very happy to be back here uh, in the studio making another Bolts broadcast episode for the people. So on today's episode of the Bolts broadcast, we are going to be taking a look at possible prospects that Tampa might be bringing to the team that have come out of college, hockey, uh, doing a little game review, game preview. After the commercial break, going to be talking about the Frozen Four, we had the semis on Thursday. We had the championship last night that you and I were able to watch together. And then we got a couple other things to talk about as well. But first, we'll start off with Tampa prospects. I think the number one question that at least you talked about last night when we were together was Sammy Walker. This is a guy that we expected to be over here sometime soon, but there has been no announcement so far with him. Yeah, so I, I figured once Minnesota got eliminated on uh on what it, what it was, Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. Yeah. So I figured when they got eliminated on Thursday, we would have seen something or at least heard something, and I hadn't really seen anything. Still is the case. haven't really seen or heard anything, but um, definitely be ready for our NCAA guys to be signing within the next couple of days to weeks, um, even if it is just American League deals. Like some of them, you know, they might sign just American League deals. They might sign um, deals starting next year in the NHL that are, that are uh, involving an ATO right now. But I, I would expect them to sign pretty soon. You know, Cole Gutman from Denver, of course, Sammy Walker from Minnesota. Those are two guys that are really worth keeping an eye on. You know, we, we've already signed uh, Nick Perbix. You know, he, he he's one guy that already has signed. Um, but really, those other two are probably the only ones I can, like, for sure safely say that are gonna, they're going to be signing this year. Um, you know, I, I don't expect anything like, like Dylan Duke or anything. You know, like he was a freshman in Michigan, still needs a lot of time to develop. So, I would expect him to return. Uh, Eamon Powell, I think it's going to be the same situation. I think he will return to Boston. Um, and then, you know, maybe we could see uh, our 2019 fourth-round pick, Max Crozier. May- maybe he signs, but he's still got a year left of college as well, so I would assume that he returns. But really, it'll just be Gutman and Walker that we're on the lookout for. Any chances that either of those two might make an appearance on the Black Aces team? I, I doubt it. I-, I I think there's better better guys in Syracuse right now that are more fit for that. You know, if they were going to be able to sign like a like a Ben Myers, for example, uh, that would be a guy that could make the black cases. Mm-hmm. You know, but in terms of their guys that they actually own the rights to, I can't really see anybody being that. It would have been really cool uh, to see Gutman reach that, and then let's just say Tampa goes on, gets that three peat, winning a national championship and a Stanley Cup within two months of each other. That'd be pretty wild. Yeah, it'd be like what? Um, who, who was it? Was, was it Neil? Was it Neil Broughton maybe or? Um, it was someone on the, on the uh, Olympic team from 1980 from the U.S. Olympic team. They won gold. Then they signed an NHL deal right away and went on to win four straight Stanley Cups with the Islanders. Ah, that's all right. Yeah, maybe, maybe it was Ken Morrow. Who the hell was it? I don't know. Well, any, anyway, but it's it's still um still still, still such, such, such a cool thing to do. So if you could kind of get that, you know, like double, I, I don't know. Double whammy. Yeah, double whammy. There we go. That's the word I'm looking for. That, that, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, let's talk about the possibility of our 3P with a game review preview. Uh, I guess we're going to start with the Washington game. I mean, it was on Wednesday night, but 
Uh, we recorded Wednesday during the day, so we were not able to look back on it. This is one that didn't go in our favor, and the upcoming one against the Boston Bruins didn't really go that way either. We are hoping that tonight against Buffalo, we are able to turn around our four-game losing streak that we are currently on because it is not going good right now. Things are mm-hmm. just not falling our way. Um, you know, I'm I'm done betting on Tampa Bay because they've had some, you know, They've helped me make some money earlier in the year. Right now, they're just helping me piss away money. So they're they're done. Fish are done done betting on them. Uh, but yeah, it was just it's been a, you know a tough week stretch pretty much. And that Washington game, you know, it, it started off with two Washington goals, and then Tampa kind of started fighting back a little bit. But at the end of the day, uh, Washington just claimed lead and never really gave it up, and kind of looked like a better team for for a good chunk of it. But it, it wasn't like a completely lopsided one in my opinion. Uh, something funny that did happen in that game though. As we're down, you know, we're, we're down four to three. Pull, pull the goalie, empty net. We're trying to, try, trying to, you know, get the goal, get the tying goal. And I don't know whose glove came off, but someone's glove came off. And uh, Nikita Kucherov in the in the defensive zone, Nikita Kucherov decides it'd be funny to just push it to the center of the empty net and use it as a little goal, goalie. So that, that was a, yeah, that was a kind, kind of funny moment. But it didn't matter. Obviously, lost the game. Um, you, you know, you were hoping that you could move on, do better against Boston, and it just didn't happen. Boston looked like the better team in this game. Yeah, I mean, our, our power play went 0 for 5. Can't ever have that happen. Getting outshot by the Bruins. And just the one thing that's really killing me with Tampa and how streaky they've been, because they were on a three-game losing streak, then go on a four-game win streak, and now back on a four-game losing streak, is it seems like the scoring just hasn't been there. I feel like just a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago, we talked about how we were top five in goals four per game. We're now sitting down at number nine. Uh, So just overall, something isn't clicking. And I know John Cooper, he's been trying a bunch of different line combinations with some of our top guys, and it's just not working right now. So we got to find a solution to this, really hoping that it can start tonight against Buffalo uh, you guys are going to know the results of that before we do on this recording. So uh, hopefully it goes well. And then we've got another game coming up against Dallas, which Dallas is a team that's in the playoffs, in a playoff spot right now. They're, They're going to keep fighting because the wild card spot over there in the West is still very close. So this could be another tough game for us. Yeah, we won game one on the year three to one back in January. I think it's going to be a tough game. I don't think it's going to be something that Tampa can just easily take, especially with how they've been playing recently. Uh, you know, I, I'm still going to give the benefit of the doubt to our our team. Of course, that's who we're covering. So if I got to lean one way or the other, if I'm kind of split, of course I'm going to lean them. Hopefully they can build off of this Buffalo game that they're about to play, and hopefully they can come out with a win, which who knows, they might be able to, might not. Buffalo actually has been, you know, they, they, they've been fighting hard as, as bad as they are. They have been you know, trying. It's not for a lack of effort. They're just not a very good hockey team at the moment. So it's not necessarily, you know, a guaranteed win by any means. So hopefully they can win in Buffalo. Then you can kind of build some momentum, uh, beat Dallas, then go into Anaheim, uh, Winnipeg, go into those games uh, at home and maybe build a little momentum, go to playoffs. Yeah, and then we got Detroit after that too. So it'd be nice to crack a couple of wins right in a row here before we go up against Toronto uh, next week, Thursday. But uh, it's got to start somewhere, and I'm really hoping it's tonight against Buffalo. Yeah, that's it, a good opportunity to try to, you know, uh, gain some headway. Absolutely. All right, we're going to go to a quick commercial break, but on the other side of the commercial break, we're going to update you on some clinching uh, teams that have already clinched playoffs, some teams that have been eliminated once again. Going to be talking about a goal record and then, of course, a lot about college hockey. We'll be right back. 
Hockey fans, feel the action on the ice like never before with the DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still hit the ice for cold, hard cash. New customers can make their first deposit and play free for thousands with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Contest. Draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie and rack up points for goals, assists, saves, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at the DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 and older, restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Shout out to our friends at DraftKings. Thanks so much for sponsoring the show. Uh, Any betting needs that you have, make sure to head over to the DraftKings Sportsbook. We've got NHL playoffs coming real soon. We got teams with 73 games played, 72 games played. Uh, The lowest amount of games played is by Minnesota with 70. So we are only a couple weeks away from the best playoffs in all of sports. So, Chase, let's talk about the playoffs in general. See who clinched. See who has been officially eliminated. Uh, we said we'd keep the the peeps up to date on all that kind of stuff uh, in our last show. So let's look at the East first. Carolina, the New York Rangers, the Florida Panthers, and the Toronto Maple Leafs all clinched. Uh, Boston, Pittsburgh, Tampa, and Washington have not. But you can basically lock them in. Yeah, yeah. You, you, it's, it's 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 a four as they would say in the old shells, a foregone conclusion or a foregone conclusion. Mm-hmm. So the Islanders are the first team outside looking in, and they are 13 points behind Washington. The only way the Islanders could possibly catch Tampa and kick Tampa out of the playoffs is if the Islanders win. Uh, let's see, they got 11 games left. If they win nine games and lose one of the two in overtime, and then Tampa has to lose every single game. Yeah, I think we're okay. So there's no chance that's happening. Uh, when we look over towards the West, the only team that's actually clinched as of right now is the Colorado Avalanche. That should seem pretty obvious because of how good Colorado's been. But a couple more teams eliminated. Um, Buffalo, not great things for them over there because they have now set the record for consecutive missed playoffs. That's now sitting at an 11-season streak. Not great. Hey, at least we're setting records. They are setting records. And they're bringing over Owen Power, the first overall pick, to see if he can change it. Uh, Jack Eichel couldn't change it. Rasmus Dahlin, as of you know, three years in, hasn't been able to change it. Will Owen Power be able to? One player in hockey doesn't change anything unless they're Connor McDavid. L- literally, right now, or Austin Matthews, maybe too. Mm-hmm. Like right now, those are the two guys that can that can completely change a team, just being that addition. Where. You know, as good as Jack Eichel is, as good as Rasmus Dahlin is, as good as Owen Power is going to be. No, they're not just changing the team like that. It's going to take a lot more pieces. It's going to take for Buffalo. They need Ukapekalukin to turn into a full fledged starter in the NHL, which he is becoming that player. So that's good. Uh, he's on the right track. They also have uh, Devin Levi, who is sitting in the college ranks. That kid's going to be a stud in the NHL. Mm-hmm. So they got two great young goaltenders. They have you know some solid D men coming in with Owen Power. With they got Rasmus Dahlin up front. You know Dylan Cousins is 
been a solid pro. Uh, could you know still could hopefully reach the ceiling what they drafted him at. But right now, I don't know if if it's going to be like some perennial goal scorer or anything like that. Uh, Tate Thompson's having a breakout year. Josh Skinner's coming back, so they got a lot of you know things in place. But you know, as as you see, I've, I mentioned really three, four forwards, two defensemen, and then two goalies. One who's not even signed right now. They got to fill in all those other pieces. It, it, it's it's such a team sport in hockey that they have to try to fill in those pieces from from the draft, from free agency, and it's going to still take a couple years. And they're need, they're going to need to hit on these next two draft classes, deeper draft classes, but super high on talent. It doesn't seem like they're going to get those top end talents right now. They're sitting sixth in that wild card spot in the uh, East. They are not a team that is at the bottom. Ottawa, Philly, New Jersey, Montreal, Arizona, Seattle, all of those teams are easily under this Buffalo team. So unless they get lucky in the lottery, they're not going to be able to go get a Shane Wright. They're not going to be able to go get a Mishkov or a Bedard next year if they perform like this. So they're going to need to be able to hit on those six to nine range picks. And there's there's enough guys in this draft class that can be a very impactful player in that range. Uh, the beauty of next year's draft class is if you have a top like 16 pick next year, you're getting someone who was a top five pick in literally every other draft. That, that, that's that's how this draft class is looking next year right now. It's looking fantastic. So, you know, any any non-playoff team is getting a game-changing type player next year. So that's good. And then there's plenty to be had in, in this draft class too. Of course, Shane Wright is the top prize. Uh, he's really amped up his game. All the critics saying, oh, he doesn't deserve to go first overall are absolute idiots as he's finishing. Mm. Right now, he's averaging one and a half points per game. He's got 90 points for 60 games in, in the OHL as a, as a 17-year-old. So you guys are absolute idiots for thinking that anybody else should be going first overall at any point. Uh, you know, So obviously he's the top prize, but then even the Logan Cooleys, the Simo Namiches, the Yaroslav Kofkis, the Matthew Savoys, the Brad Lamberts, the uh, Joachim Kemmels, these are all very good hockey players that can make impacts in a couple of years. So they, they got an opportunity here to really bolster some talent. Hopefully they can take advantage of that the right way, because I'd like to see him succeed, especially with the black and red and white jerseys coming back next year. I love those. Like I, I would, I would definitely really like to see him succeed in those. Um, I've got a question about the 2023 draft class. Hell yeah. Um, we know Matthew Mishkov is under contract over in Russia until he's 21, right? Yes. What are the chances that he is not a top two pick because of how good some of these other players are and how immediately available they will be? Less than 10%. Okay. It all depends on how Dalbor Dvorsky develops this year, how Adam Fantilli develops this year. Those are really the two guys that are going to be pushing pretty hard for that spot um, other than Mishkov, and I, I still think there's a pretty steep difference in talent. Uh where Connor Bedard is locked and loaded, he can he can not play at all next season. He's going for a overall. It doesn't matter. It, it's that's his spot. He's not losing it no matter what happens. Um, as long as he continue playing hockey, knock on wood. Anyway, um, Matthew Mishkov is very 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 clearly the second best player. Still a pretty big gap. Um, and then the guys following them are all top end first line players in the you know the next five six seven eight nine ten guys. But there's just such a big difference between Mishkov and Dvorsky and Fantilli. Like those guys are very good players. And if they can play right away and a team really needs that, you know, maybe they will, maybe they'll also prioritize the center position, which uh, Fantilli and Dvorsky both are projecting as, but I don't care if I, if I'm an initial franchise and I have the second overall pick, I don't care how long I have to wait for Matthew Mishkov. I am drafting him and I'm waiting it out. And I don't know what his contract looks like. A lot of those cage contracts, they have 
buyout options where the player has to buy out of the contract. Um, it may, maybe if a team is really so inclined, they can draft Mishkov and then they could buy him out of that contract. If they have to pay three, four, five million dollars, it's worth the money. Yeah, he seems like he's doing all right. He's got 30 goals through 28 games right now in the MHL. So that's okay, I guess. So yeah, guys in their in their draft minus one year, they they don't put up those numbers ever. Mm-hmm. He's he's the exception. Absolutely dominant over in Russia right now. And I'm just saying, if he was in any other organization other than Ska, he would be in the KHL already playing top six minutes. Literally, it's it's the only reason he's not is because he's in the deepest organization outside of outside of an NHL team. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, speaking of dominance, let's talk about Austin Matthews. He sets a Leafs record for goals in a season, as well as he's on kind of a ridiculous pace over the last 50 games. 51 goals in his last 50 games. Last player to do that over any 50-game span was Mario Lemieux in 1996. That's a decent player. Yes, not too bad at all. So, Austin Matthews, we're witnessing something special. We're witnessing one of the best goal scorers in the history of this game already. I, I mean, as long as he stays healthy... I, I saw a tweet where he's hitting at least 700 career goals. That's at least 700 career goals. That like I say, I could I could legitimately see this guy if he can stay healthy and play a full career, push for that record. It, it's not impossible. He has that kind of talent. It's really incredible to see. Uh, so good on him. Good on uh, him for having the least goal record as well. He's at 58 on the year now. Uh, he's got enough games where he can hit 60 to 65. Uh, if he does, that'll be the first time since Ovechkin did it back in, shoot, what year was that? I don't know. It was like 10 years ago. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been, it's been a while. So that would definitely be cool to see. I, I'm rooting for it. I really like Austin Matthews. I, I, I love the player. I love his persona. I love everything about him. And it's awesome because he's more than just like he's a dominant offensive player, mm-hmm. but he's a reliable defensive player too. Like he, um, especially analytically, it, it tells you he is one of the most irreplaceable defensive players in the league because he's like he works hard and at least tries hard in the defensive zone on top of scoring as much as he does. So he really is just a special hockey player. He's a ton of fun to watch. Has he closed the gap with Connor McDavid this year in your mind? Yes. Okay. It's. It's is it neck and neck as of right now, or you th- you think no. Connor McDavid maybe it's, is still a little? It's it's, it's not neck. It's not neck and neck. Connor McDavid is in a tier all by himself. In, in terms of hockey players, Austin Matthews is doing everything he can to find his way into that tier. But if I'm still, you know, building a team, I'm not even thinking about it. Connor McDavid is the close my eyes pick you first overall. Hmm. Even though he's being carried by Leon Draisaitl, get out of here. <laughs> uh, all right, let's talk about some college hockey. The Frozen Four saw a semifinals of Michigan versus Denver, Minnesota State versus Minnesota. The easy favorite, Michigan drops to Denver in overtime. It was a game where Michigan came out extremely flat. Denver looked like the better team all the way through until you hit overtime. Then Michigan starts rolling, but a couple unlucky possessions, and Denver's able to take that one. You could kind of tell in overtime when Michigan started ramping it up and they were having zero luck that, okay, they're they're losing this game. There's no chance of winning this game. Sure enough, uh, Denver goes on, gets the win. Tough for Michigan. They had the opportunity to be considered the greatest college hockey team ever assembled. All they had to do was win a championship, which they were by far the favorites. And it doesn't play out that way. It's a shame. They lose a few guys to the NHL. We'll talk about them here in a few. We already talked about one. But, you know, there was a few guys to the NHL. They're getting a decent amount of returners, and they're bringing in a great rookie class, freshman class, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so they have another opportunity next year. They legitimately, like, I understand that there's no Owen Power, Matty Beneers, Kent Johnson anymore. Just spoiled it in case you don't know. Whatever, too bad. Wow. I, I understand those players aren't going to be there anymore. But when an Adam Fantilli, when when a Seamus Casey, when a Rucker McGrory, when a Hunter Bruce Witz is coming, when these guys are coming in, they, they 
very easily fill in those shoes. That that Michigan team has a chance to be better next year than they were this year. And from what you told me last night, the best player on that roster is returning in Luke Hughes. Yes, I, I legitimately think he was the best player on that team and probably the best player in college hockey this year. Uh, he Especially with how much he grew. The second half of the year, it really became the case. First half of the year, he was a very good player, but still you could see that he needed to, needed to grow. But something clicked in the second half of the year. He was just dominant. So his family has made some damn good hockey players. I yes, gotta say they have. And <laughs> Luke Hughes, if I if I'm placing a bet on somebody to win the Hobie Baker next year, Luke Hughes is the number one person I'm betting on. I mean, hey, he was a, a ten person finalist, so didn't make it to that top three. But you know, he was already in the discussion, and he's going to have an extra year on top of that. And the actual most important person to that team, goaltender Eric Portillo, also a Buffalo prospect. So. That, that want to say that he is returning for his junior season and without him things would be a little different because he is a very very solid goaltender so that is good for them they i yet again if i'm placing a futures bet for for the national championship it's got to be michigan it has to be right so they did get bounced in the semis we looked at the other side of the bracket you got minnesota state versus minnesota minnesota goes up one nothing and then it really wasn't a game after the first period where Minnesota State, they start to dominate. 5-1 victory for Minnesota State. They move on to, I think, it was their first national championship. Yep. Minnesota State just a very, very well-coached hockey team, and you can kind of see how they play structurally. Uh, they were able to understand Minnesota's flaws and what they were doing wrong and really pounce on them in the second and third period, especially the third period. They just, they just turned on the Jets and just pumped them. It really wasn't much of a game at that point. So they are a very impressive hockey team. Uh, with only two NHL prospects on that team, or NHL drafts or prospects, I should say, right now. So that's pretty impressive. Um, yeah, you know, you, one of them played in the, in the Olympics, Nathan Smith, but still, when you've only got, you know, two guys that are that are NHL prospects, the rest are kind of guys that have been overlooked uh, to play at that level and look as good as they did. It was very impressive for sure. Yeah, Minnesota State, like you said, turned on the Jets in the third against Minnesota. However, their Jets kind of fell off against Denver when it came to the third period. This was a one nothing game at going into the third. Minnesota State was playing very well, getting in the face, being physical against a more talented Denver team. But once the game wore on a little bit, the conditioning and the skill came out for Denver, and they were able to take it. Was the final score four to one, or did they get five? It was five to one with two empty netters. Yeah, yeah. So the beauty of this game was. It was the two best coached college hockey teams playing against each other. These were the two best coaches, the two best coach teams. They were playing against each other. So in terms of a best on best, it kind of makes sense. Sure, the the most talented team, Michigan, was out, but it was a very well-coached hockey game. And once Denver was able to adjust to Minnesota State, what they were doing, the skill was just overwhelming, and Minnesota State couldn't keep up. So it really was impressive what they did. Uh, You know, There's quite a few guys on Denver that are going to be making – the NHL jump within the next couple of years. They, they had, I think, like 12 guys that are NHL prospects on that team right now. So a very talented team. And be ready for head coach David Carl, brother of former Tampa Bay Lightning Matt Carl, and Dave Carl was also a seventh-round pick of the Tampa Bay Lightning. He had to retire at the age of 18 because of a heart condition, sadly. But that guy is on the short list of every NHL team for the next head coach. He he knows the game, and he coaches a damn good hockey team. He, he's going to be making that jump sooner rather than later. It'd be really cool to see him make that move up, maybe even with Tampa in the future. Obviously, after John Cooper, yes, you know, retires after, after seven straight. Yes, but, exactly. But uh, it'd 30, be really cool. Thirty-two years old is what he is right now. Very young. Could we see a, a Sean McVay like movement in the NHL where you start looking for those super young coaches? They they need to. 
the game is so different from what the 60 year olds played in. Mm-hmm. We, we need a younger crop that understand the game better. Yeah. I, I would like to see, uh, not that I want to see a, a great young coach go to a competitor, but to see the Islanders get a super young coach that wants to use Matt Barzal. That, wa- to that wants base. to score goals. A team that wants to score goals. Yeah. That'd, okay. be, that'd be really fun to see. Yes. That would be great. Especially with, with Aturatu mm-hmm. going to make the NHL next year. I'm going to proclaim that right now. You got some great young talent, some great offensive abilities on that team that I would love to see a coach really take advantage of. It'd be really exciting. Um, so congratulations again to Denver for winning the national championship. Um, let's not talk about the Hobie Baker winner, that being Dryden McKay, the goaltender for Minnesota State. A little bit weird that the Hobie Baker winner, as a goalie, doesn't win the best goalie award, the Mike Richter. Tells you everything you need to know about who should have won the Hobie Baker. Hint, it was not Dryden McKay. Yeah, he had a great season. Put up very good numbers. Sets the record for wins in a season in college hockey. Holds the career record for shutouts in college hockey. Yeah, all that's great. That's awesome. Good for you. That's very impressive. Means doesn't like that doesn't mean he's the best player in college hockey this year because he wasn't. Of those finalists, Bobby Brink clearly deserved it. Of all players, I still think Luke Hughes was the best player in college hockey this year. But anyway, um, it, uh, he is a very good goaltender, and I'm not taking anything away from him. It's not like he was the most undeserving person ever. I mean, Jimmy VC, that guy had no business winning the Hobie Baker. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, that, you know, Dryden McKay, def, definitely a solid goaltender, going to play in the NHL. But, you know, the Mike Richter going to Devin Levi makes a lot of sense because that guy was very clearly the best goalie in, in college hockey this year. And Dryden McKay, no, no NHL rights right now. Nope. So this is a guy who's going to be hitting the free agent market. Could be a guy Tampa looks at. No, um, it could be. It's it's not, it could be. It's not going to happen. He's going to go sign somewhere that has a shaky goaltending situation, so he's a chance to start. And play I've heard New Jersey. I've heard New Jersey as the number one option. See, that, I could that, be wrong, and that could that could make sense because as much as Nico Dawes has a real chance of you know maybe doing something um down the road, I, I it's not like a guarantee or anything. So that could be an opportunity that he could possibly take advantage of. Yeah. So look out for the Hobie Baker winner signing somewhat soon, uh, and seeing what he can do at the next level. Let's not talk about some other signings, including Kent Johnson, Owen Power. We mentioned their names. Uh, top players on Michigan. Kent Johnson signs with his Columbus Blue Jackets. Owen Power with his Buffalo Sabres. We know Owen Power's playing on Tuesday against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Any announcement for Kent Johnson yet? When can we expect to see him on the ice? I haven't seen anything, but I'm going to assume he's going to play probably in their first game of the week. So they played last night against Detroit, ended up not playing in that game. Uh, him and the, the other signing from Michigan for Columbus were in the building at that game, so we saw some pictures on Twitter from that. But I would assume that they're that at least Kent Johnson for sure is going to play one of the days this week. I would assume that the other kid, uh, who we can say right now, Nick Blankenberg, the captain of Michigan, is going to play some games as well. Um, but Kent Johnson is for sure locked and going to be playing as soon as possible. Some names to keep an eye on for sure. Really excited to see what they can do. Let's not talk about Blake McLaughlin, uh, George, Georgia Merkulov. Oh, I don't know. I don't know why it autocorrected to Georgia. It's it's just Georgie. Georgie. Oh, Georgie. Yeah. And Max Ellis. Yeah. So Blake McLaughlin signs Anaheim. Georgie Merkulov signs with Boston. And Max Ellis signs with Toronto. All guys that were drafted by those teams signing with their clubs. So uh, nothing too unexpected. It, you know, it's. It, as the season's winding down for college hockey, these seniors, some of these juniors are going to their NHL teams, and that's kind of what we're seeing here. All the guys that were just listed there, I'm fully expecting you're just going to go play in the American League this year. I, I don't really see 
McLaughlin, Merkelov, or Ellis playing NHL games this year. It's not impossible, I guess. Maybe they can be black aces, but I would just fully expect them to go play in the American League for the rest of the year. So the guys that are going to play NHL games that have signed recently, Ken Johnson, Owen Power Guarantee, Nick Blankenberg seems pretty likely. Um, I would expect Matty Beniers to sign within the next day or two. I'm, I can't believe he hasn't yet. Um, so I would expect him to sign, play some games for Seattle before that season's over. And then other than that, I think that's, other than the, the college agents like Ben Myers, it's pretty much about it for guys that are going to be signing, I think. Yeah, I saw that Matthew Nyes, a Leafs prospect that a lot of people have coveted recently, uh, he is leaning towards going back to Minnesota. So yeah, what, that's a top guy who looks very exciting. He played very well in this tournament. I really wonder if he's good enough for the NHL next year. I think he's right on that tier of too, he'd be too good for the American Hockey League, but he'd also not be good enough for the NHL. So I think a year of college is going to actually be good for him, where it's more of a mature style of game being played where you know, if he's going to go play in the American League and just dominate and then get called up to the NHL and then just sit, it's kind of not worth it. Whereas he can guarantee himself the ice time, guarantee himself the practice time playing college hockey. So it probably makes a little more sense for him to return. Yeah, great time of the year when we get to see all these young guys transition to that next level and get to see him out on the ice. So very excited to see some of the top guys like Kent Johnson and Owen Power make their debut. But that's going to do it for the show. We're going to go to a hockey name of the day where we have Jet. That's got to be a silent J, right? I don't know. Jet. Moff. Jet Jamaif. Jamaif. J M A E F F. Yeah. How about that for a name? So, our boy Jet Jamaif is an 18 year old from British Columbia, Canada, from Crescent, British Columbia to be specific, playing in the KIJHL, which is like a tier three junior league up in Canada. One assist for 20 games. Uh, not someone that I'm going to be making sure we're keeping an eye on because he's yeah. not really going to be making much of a career path. He's not going to be playing in the NHL. Maybe he goes play some low-level uh, college hockey here in the U.S. or maybe somewhere in Canada, but that's really about what we're looking at. I don't like that that's not a silent J. I feel like it'd sound better if that was a silent J. Well, that's just not how it's pronounced. I'm, I'm sorry. Well, I'm I'm not arguing the fact. I'm just saying that well, I think it would, be, it would sound better. Well, would it not? I'm just saying it's more unique that it's spelled like that and pronounced like that. Okay. So... Mm-hmm. So kick rocks. All right. Well, you can do the outro then. Oh, I will. And I'm not going to say anything at the end. So you got to say bye. Good. Yeah. All right. Okay. Go. Go. All right. Th- go. If you guys want to support us, on Patreon, support us over there. Check it out. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, okay. You're really rude these last couple episodes, huh? <laughs> uh, so yeah, Patreon. If you want to follow us on Twitter uh, at Bolts Broadcast, it's at Bolts Broadcast. You can follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. That's at HockeyPodNet. While you're at it, follow WMP on Twitter at WMP Sports Pod. WMP Sports Pod. Get all the content you need on Twitter between those three accounts. Make sure the hockeypodcastnetwork.com and all the podcasts right there. Boom, click the logo. Listen, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Wherever you're listening, if you rate us five stars, send us your questions, comments, concerns, we'd really appreciate it. Wherever we do, do not forget to use code THPN when you sign up for DraftKings. Bye.